The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Canada used to say some people, when people shout in church, they say, or oh, pray loud in church, they will say, God is not hard of hearing. Why are you shouting in prayer? Then he said, he replies them, he is not nervous either. <laughs> when some people get to heaven, they are going to feel strange. Because you'll discover that in heaven, there's a whole lot of noise there. God is very, very much at home with noise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Woo! God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of the trumpet. I'm excited tonight. I am really thrilled and excited to be here. 20 solid years. Aren't we excited? God has been amazing these 20 years. He has just been amazing. And I'm so grateful to God for Dr. K and Pastor May. Thank God for the two of you. You've been such joys in my life over the years. And uh, every time I look at you both and look at your ministry, I'm always so, so excited. If anybody doubts whether I'm called into the ministry, at least when they look at you, they know I'm called. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I thank God for the privilege of being a blessing to you, especially in the way it was uh, in the early years of the ministry. What I received, I just went to the city of Ibadan to impart to the city. And I'm ever so grateful to God for that honor and that privilege. I continue as I travel the world to discover great fruits out of that ministry. Out of the five years I spent pastoring my first pastorate, great fruits all around the world. And we're beginning to see them even in the secular now, you know, becoming giant people even in the secular, apart from uh, the spiritual. And for that, we are so thankful to the Lord and so grateful. And uh, I will never forget the inauguration of King's Word 20 years ago on the field at Ife. That night was an extraordinary night. I'm trusting God to give us an extraordinary night like that tonight. Glory to God. Now, uh, tonight is going to be beautiful because it's all grace tonight. Last few days, uh, last couple of weeks, I've been buried in wedding preparations. And since I opened my eyes this morning, it's been phone calls, arrangements, and movements, and all sorts of things. I was like, no, this is not the kind of week to preach. Uh, but this is the week to preach, praise God. Because the greatest services are always when you are absolutely dependent on the Holy Ghost. And he can just have his way. And I'm sensing something in this house tonight. The Holy Ghost is about to have his way. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. Take your seats, please. I bring you greetings from uh, my wife who is uh, completely immersed in wedding matters now. Hallelujah. I'm from the bride-to-be. My wife and I got on the journey early in life. And uh, our daughter is taking after us. Looks like our kids have uh, made up their minds to take after us uh, in early marriage. Because my wife and I also celebrate the 25th wedding anniversary on the 7th of November. Our marriage was 25 years old. Praise God. Because I was a very young pastor then. I was a young pastor who needed a wife. Hallelujah. Uh, the married people told me, George, you cannot counsel us. I said, I can counsel you. I know what the word says about marriage. They said, Pastor, it is theory. 
with the practical. That those scriptural principles, apply them. We see the way you emphasize, submit, submit to the women. You need to know the challenges of submission in marriage and how to handle it. I said, it is not easy. Just obey the word. He said, yes. How to love when the woman is not submitting. How to love without gapping love. Uh, you need to know it practically. I said, listen, it's not that difficult. Then when I now got married, I now understood that, yes, there's a difference between theory and practical. The application of the word of God in difficult circumstances. Then I knew that while the word love can sound sweet and the word peace and joy, uh, you know, can sound very sweet. Words like long suffering. Hallelujah. <laughs> At least you get to know practically under challenging times. Amen. Because when it says long, it means mm, long. You understand? Long. And then there's also love sweetening. It says long suffering. Praise God. Things like you wake up on your wedding night, you know, somewhere around 2, 2 a.m. and you are concerned, you probably thought the terrorists had arrived to bulldoze the hotel, you know, down because of the sound of a caterpillar you are hearing. Only for you to jump up, look out through the window, see no caterpillar, and suddenly discover the caterpillar is on the bed. Sounding. And you are going to have to live with that the next 60 to 70 years of your life. It is called long. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> the caterpillar is on the bed. Massive combined harvester. Glory to God. <laughs> to God be the glory. So I'm so excited to be here tonight. And I shall share in the joy of today. Every time I'm in Kingswood, wherever, all over the world, I am always so, so delighted. Praise God. As usual, we came with some materials. Some of them, we've come with them over and over again. Some others are new. Amen. The new titles we have here is on one on the anointing and the second one on servant leadership. But we have other materials like Enter Your Rest, Rise and Be Healed, Biblical Keys to Financial Overflow, Secrets of the Blessed, Minutes of Miracles of the Holy Communion, Evangelism that works, seeds of destiny, and the Holy Spirit and you. Got some CDs like the ministry of signs flowing in the prophetic. How mantles are acquired. A life of significance. Secrets of abundance. And making marriage work. All these messages will bless you tremendously. Glory be to God. On eagle's wings, we are riding. Hallelujah. Let's take a text. Amen. And just share in the word of God. Okay, Isaiah 40, verse 31 is a very popular one. So by way of homiletical observation, let's take a text. I'm hoping I can preach briefly tonight. Just allow the Holy Spirit to have his way and do all he's got in store to do tonight. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Actually, what I'm sharing tonight is one of the secrets of this ministry in 20 years. Since I've been very closely acquainted with this ministry for the last 20 years, uh, there are one of the secrets. Now, when we say secrets, we're not saying uh, that um, it has not been the work of the Holy Spirit, but it's one of the keys to cooperating with the Holy Spirit all these years so that he can do his work. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, and look at the 31st verse. Glory to God. 
The word of God declares. But those who wait on the Lord. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They shall do what? Mount up with wings as eagles. And because of that mounting up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Father, in Jesus' name tonight, we do ask that you will breathe on the ministry of your holy word. That beyond my knowledge and understanding, you will, by the inspiration of the moment, convey understanding to your people. Speak to them in their personal situations and circumstances, timings and seasons in the which they are, and cause everyone to leave this place better than we came. We do ask, Lord, that the spirit of revelation knowledge will enlighten our darkness. And that, Lord, even... Uh, for many of us who have heard these things over and over again, you will stir up our pure minds. And Lord, you will speak to us in personal ways that will help us to walk in obedience to your word, even in the now. That Lord, we may live lives that are truly glorifying to you. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name, somebody shouts the loudest, Amen. I love this passage of scripture very, very much. Hallelujah. Please, uh, can we share the, the link on, on Facebook of this meeting? Because uh, many people want to watch my live stream. And many people are going to be able to watch if you share the link. So just pull out your devices. Praise God. If you just go to Dr. K Life. If you go to at Dr. K Life on Facebook, you'll be able to find the link. It's flashed on the screen there. And you can just kindly share this Facebook live broadcast uh, like that, I Shared the link myself before I came coming upstage. We want the word of God to touch as many people as possible. Hallelujah. And there's no distance in the realm of the spirit. Last time we were in Chicago for summer blast. One of my spiritual daughters had just undergone surgery in Canada. And she had challenges with her ankle. And uh, could not, you know, step on it and walk at that time. And she was watching my live stream. And during the healing service on Saturday night. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit inspired us to pray for people with ankle problems. As we are praying for ankles in Chicago, she was getting healed in Canada, in Calgary, Alberta. Instantly healed by the power of God and began to walk that night as she watched us. Glory be to God. The miracles multiply and the messages go out and bless people as we share. So this is real ministry when you share that link on Facebook Live. Praise God. I hope we, see, we can see Jesus on your Facebook page. And not you alone. Amen. Not see your side. See you, show us your behind. See how the dress fits me front and back. All that is good. Amen. But let's see more Jesus. Glory to God. Are you sharing the word of God? Hallelujah. Alright, so the word of God tells us here in Isaiah chapter 40. Actually, the text begins in the 28th verse. By saying, have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. So, this opens us to the fact that our God is an omnipotent God. We cannot exhaust his power. We cannot deplete his energy. The more he expends it, the more it reproduces itself. And the Greek word dunamis is used for the anointed, for the power of God. The tangible energy of the spirit of God. And it refers to power that is capable of reproducing itself. Power that is capable of reproducing itself. That's why for God, there's absolutely nothing that is big. 
Vicious 3.20 says unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. Once you can ask it in prayer, God can do much more than what you are asking for. Whatever you can think or imagine or envision or dream in your visions is just too small for God to handle. God can do far, far, far much more beyond it. In fact, let me put it this way. It does not cost God anything to give you that blessing or give you that miracle that you desire. It just does not cost God anything. As human beings, we are often operating the natural. And as we operate in the natural, we rob ourselves of some of the blessings of God. At the age of eight, Robert Leiden was cut up into heaven. He chronicled the story of his vision of heaven in a small book, I Saw Heaven. And one of the things he said, as he visited the throne room of God, and the Lord Jesus took him on the tower of heaven, was when they got to a place called the storehouse of heaven. And when they got to the storehouse, he, he saw a particular compartment, a, a department there, called unclaimed blessings. And when they got to that department, the Lord Jesus in the vision began to weep. And he was weeping, he said, because of so many miracles he has for his children. So many blessings that his children don't claim. His problem is, we do not claim the blessings. And may you and I not get to heaven and find so many blessings we have refused to claim. Can I hear somebody say amen? I remember at the beginning of this year as a family, we had several very expensive projects to undertake. The final, final one for the year was going to be the wedding of our daughter. And naturally, as a man, I like figuring things out from the beginning of the year. I just want to figure everything out. So when I figured everything out, I had a budget for the wedding. They took my budget and tripled it by the special taste of my daughter. And she said, well, she just, I just want to apologize to you. Very sorry, Daddy. You sent me abroad to study. So my taste has changed. I'm very sorry. Um, I, I, you know, and unfortunately, I, I couldn't get support from my wife. She was behind her daughter. Praise God. That the wedding be done the way they wanted to do it. I was like, I said, I have a budget for you guys. They said, well, we are sorry. We, they said, that budget is, is for sitting room wedding. That budget is for sitting room wedding. Anyway, when you're all alone and everybody else in the family is against you, uh, they, they, you, you just discover you stand no chance. So, anyway, I agreed with them. So, the next day, so how do I fund it? So I just figured out something that I could, uh, I could sell and I would fund it, praise God. And I would replace it at the end of the day. So once I figured that out, fine. Let me focus on the work of the ministry. So I just focus, praise God. And taking each project after the others. Finally, last quarter of the year, I said, now I'm ready for your wedding. Amen. Let's now do the wedding. Unfortunately, what I wanted to sell, I couldn't get to sell. Praise God. So one month to the wedding, I found myself, it was five or six weeks to the wedding, I found myself having this mountain of projects before me and the finances were not there. So I said, Lord, what is the meaning of this? I, I, I wanted to let go of this thing and, and finance, finance the wedding and, and I've not been able to let go of it. So what do you have in mind? Because I know you love me too much to disgrace me at my daughter's wedding. <laughs> you know, learn to rest in the Father's love. He loves you so dearly, so dearly. You can never, you will spend all of eternity discovering how much you are loved. All of eternity because you can never get to the depth of it. You are too loved. If you catch a revelation of God's love, you will never lose sleep. No one night of sleep over any problem, no matter how deep it is, no matter how bad it is, you will never for the rest of your life lose one night of sleep anymore. And say, Father, I'm not going to lose one night of sleep. All I just want to know is how do you want to do it? Then he said to me, practice what you preach. Take your own medicine. 
He said, you preach when people, that when people have deadlines before them, they should pillow their head on my promises. Pillow their head on my love. And I could just imagine myself preaching. And you know I can preach. When this comes to the preaching anointing, when the preaching anointing is on me, I like to tell people, I don't know the deadline that is before you. But God is never too late. It may be one minute before midnight, my brother, but God will show up. Put two or three people around you and tell them, God will show up. Below your head, my friend, rest in the Father's love. God is about to step in. Your deepest need is God's greatest opportunity for a miracle. That obstacle is not an obstacle. It's a miracle in disguise. Nod your head. Stick out your finger in your brother's face and help me preach. And tell him that obstacle is a miracle in disguise. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I do when I preach. Praise God. <laughs> So I like to say the street one. So I just remembered all of that. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll take my own medicine. I'll practice what I preach. It's been quite a while that I used my faith for personal needs, personal finances. It's been a while. Praise God. God just takes you to a place where, you know, what to eat and what to drink is not what you're exercising faith for. There are more important ministry things to exercise faith for. Not what to eat, what to drink, and school fees to pay, uh, uh, you know, car to ride. You just go beyond all of that. There is God. We needed all that 20 something years ago, but no more. Praise God. There are more important things to use our faith for. But anyway, I found myself needing my faith because of the brevity of time. So I began to declare, Father, thank you once again, because whatsoever I say, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which, uh, which, which he saith, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Faith receives what grace supplies. So I know grace has made it available, I have all that abound. And so by faith I take it, in the name of Jesus. I declare every need is met. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. I began to dance and rejoice, and began to declare it was done. Taking my sleep night and day, and waking up, and then the miracles began. And kept streaming in, streaming in, and they're still streaming in. And now we have more than enough. Praise God. I said, praise God. Take your own medicine. And I took it. Praise God. And men of God, we have to learn to take our own medicine. I remember just a few days after that, watching Brother Hagen on YouTube. And Brother Hagen said, you know, it's just so easy for you to use faith on other people. He said, but when you need it yourself, it's not so easy to practice it on yourself. I said, well, if the father of faith says so himself. Then, Brother Hagen, we're on the same page. Amen. I understand what you are saying. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. I said, glory be to God. He loves you. Somebody say, it. say the heavenly father loves me and cares very deeply about me and he has all the power to meet my needs. Yes, never forget that. He neither faints nor is weary. He is never depleted in energy. If he just performs a miracle, if the dead is raised just now by the release of his dunamis power, I want you to know that there is still enough power to raise a million more dead people. There's still enough power. Even if a million dead people rise from the dead right now, God is not yet depleted in strength, nor is he depleted in power. He never grows weary. He never faints. The scripture says even the youth will faint. He says, he says it's there. He says, uh, uh, he says his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. Don't you like that? And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Why? The glory of the young men is their strength. But you cannot live your life by human strength alone. 
You need the supernatural power of God to live your life. Especially if you're a believer. Purpose cannot be fulfilled in human strength. This ministry has never sought to rely on human wisdom or human power to do anything. And I've seen Dr. Kate make daring decisions. Take daring steps at times. Like going to the United States of America. Qualified pharmacists in Nigeria. All he needed to do was to get to the USA and then write qualifying exams, become a pharmacy, and be bivocational. And that sounds good. Amen. And there are times when people are called to do such things. But there are certain assignments in the body of Christ that require people's or almost total, you know, unquestionable and undivided devotion. So, so there are assignments where people carry on the tool like that. Praise God. Uh, there are other times when God would rather have you invest. And, and, but, but not get into the 9 to 5 grind. Because the 9 to 5 grind will not give you the room to fulfill your purpose. And you know if it's 9 to 5 in Lagos, it's actually 5, five to 10. Five, you got to get up at 5 a.m. And you can't lay down until 10 p.m. at night. You're just there at work, walking endlessly. You're in traffic driving two hours to two hours through. I mean, my daughters get, they started doing that over her daughters. After, after returning from UK recently, they're like, no, that, we cannot live this life. I, I said, what is it? All our years of growing up, we've always known you and mom to be in control of your time. I said, but we're not lazing around. Laziness does not produce anything. Even if you do business, you have to work out. He said, we know, we see you working hard. But you are in control. But this one, we wake up every morning. We have to wake up so early. Then we get down driving. And we drive at times two hours in traffic. Just from one location on the island to another location on the island. Two hours. One of my daughters said, I got to work one day. I said, excuse me, everybody. I've been driving for the last two and a half hours. The traffic has just been chaotic. So I am tired. I can't be productive in this office. So I want to sleep. But I told my line manager, I need a nap. He said, they were all looking at me like, is something wrong with that? He said, I just put my head on my desk and bam, I was gone. Then I woke, she woke up 30 minutes later and said, yes, now we are ready to walk. Then everybody, <laughs> thank God for Lagos. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Thank God for this city. It takes grace. Amen. Leave that kind of life. But, you know, the reality is that even the youth shall faint and the young men shall utterly fall. Natural strength is not enough to fulfill purpose. We need the supernatural power of God because except the Lord build the house, according to Psalm 127 verse 1, they labor in the building. When men are laboring, it's either God is energizing them to labor. It's either God is doing it through them or they are on their own. Like the way people say it, O-Y-O, or Yoloa, that's what they say. You are on your own. May you never be on your own. This ministry has never been on our own in 20 years. The Lord has been there all the while. But you're going to see the secret in the moment. The secret is certainly the power of God and the strength of God working. And it says, even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men will utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You see, renewing strength here is like an exchange. Exchanging your witness for his strength. Receiving God's power and supernatural ability to get the job done. I tell the story of my first pastorate a great deal that at, at the time I was completely a spectator of the grace of God. So I pastored in that church and asked God to give me 200 members in one year. He gave me a thousand. He gave me a thousand. I was a spectator of the grace of God, but there was one thing. Number one, I didn't have much education and I still don't do formal education, I mean. <laughs> Number two, 
um, I didn't have any uh, social pedigree. I was coming from poverty and penury. In fact, when I started pastoring that church in 1990, I didn't have a suit. I didn't have a suit at all. Even the shirts and pants I wore to preach didn't match. The colors often didn't match. Or the shirt and pants match and the tie didn't match. Or I wore the wrong shirt. The, you know, there are some shirts you ought not to put ties on. When people put ties on them, they really look like, uh, like uh, they are up for comedy or something. Yeah, no, that was how I dressed the church some of those times. Hallelujah. No suit. But I came from Elohim with the power of the Holy Spirit through the city of Ibadah. I came with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And when the anointing is there and the word is there, you've got what it takes to succeed and to get to the finishing line. But I remember we would go before the Lord daily and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I'm ignorant. Even Reverend George himself had only four years pastoral experience at the time. He sent me out. So even he himself at the time was a rookie in pastoring. We were still making our mistakes. You know, as a minister, and I was a part of the entire process. Even in pastoring, even in structuring, and all of that. You know, so I had learned a few things. I learned the word. I learned the anointing. I learned power. I hadn't learned structure. I hadn't learned so many things. And here comes this church ballooning in my hands. It just exploded. But there was one thing. I had nothing to rely on. So all I relied on was God. Man of God in this city. Pastor in the mega church said. He just discovered he was not gifted. That he was, he was not anointed. He said, all I, I worship. I just, you know, I'm just before God worshiping every day. And whatever he tells me to do, I do it. <laughs> and that makes all the difference. That takes me to this place where you see in verse 31. That those who wait on the Lord shall do what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Look at the secret. The secret is they are mounting up with wings as eagles. They are mounting up with wings. The eagle can fly so high. One day a pilot saw a piece of fish, uh, you know, dropped on the windscreen of his airplane. Huh? And he was wondering, fish, airplane, does that make sense? Doesn't make any sense. The only thing just concluded is an eagle must have dropped it. Because eagles do fly to where airplanes fly. They should. Now it's a wonderful day as birds. But one thing has been discovered about the eagles. That is a secret to their ability to attain great heights. And that is their sensitivity to the wind. Their understanding of warm wind currents. <laughs> These wind currents are wind currents that rise and rise and rise thousands of feet above sea level. You know, there are many wind currents in the air. But the eagle does not get in on everything that flies around. The eagle plugs itself to the wind currents that are going to fly very high. Sensitivity to the wind. Now hear this. The word spirit in the Hebrew, ruach, means breath, wind, air. The word spirit in the Greek New Testament. Pneuma means wind. That is what it means. So the word spirit is wind. One of the symbols of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is the wind. When the day of Pentecost was really come. 
They were all in one accord. They were all in one place. They were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house where they were seated. Uh-huh. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And they appeared unto them, clothing tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each and every one of them. The day the Holy Ghost came at Pentecost, he came like the wind. And I like him when he decides to move like the wind. <laughs> it's always so exciting. Hallelujah. So two experiences stand out to me over the years. One was in 1992. While I was pastoring Rima Chapel in Ibadan. I remember that Saturday. The Saturday before, I'd be busy seeing a flowing white gown in the service. White agada in the service. And I had only one. And it was white at the time. I kept seeing it flying in the air. And I knew what it meant. The Lord will have me use it to minister. And so on Sunday, I wore it to service. And then I made an altar call for the sick to come out. And, and then threw it among them. And the power of God fell on them. Many of them were instantly healed. But in my spirit, I kept sensing that there was more God wanted to do. And then I felt led to go minister to the audience. You know, with it. And the audience was broken into three major sections. So I went to a section. I threw it into the amidst. And the power of God, like a wind, just came on them. Quite a number of them went under the anointing. The second section, it happened like that. Then the third section, which was to my left in the then Dirovans Hotel. If you know Dirovans today, it's not the Dirovans of today. The Dirovans of today, they've, they've broken the hall. You have one 500 seater at the top and then you have a smaller one at the bottom and then some shops. It was all one massive auditorium with a big gallery before. And when I got to the third section, as I wanted to throw my gown, I just sensed a restraint of the Holy Spirit. So I held back. And as soon as I held back, from the very beginning of the auditorium to the back, I saw people going down under the anointing in waves. And it was everybody in that section, wham, 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 like that. Praise God. This, like The Holy Ghost like the wind, just blowing. I remember, I remember being here. I can't remember how many years ago now, but probably within the last five years. I remember Pastor Tule inviting me for a meeting like that, so. We just had some this three days of meetings some, some time, some years ago. And I remembered it was a jacket that I had on that day. I was ministry with a jacket. And when I got to that section over there, I'd ask everybody, join your hands together, lift them up. And uh, as I wanted to throw it, I felt that kind of restraint again. And I just held back and I just saw something like a wind just go over here. Can't remember who remembers, I don't know who, who remembers that in that service. It was a few people I lifted up their hands. It was like a wind. It just came over there. The Holy Ghost like a wind. The Holy Ghost like a wind. He often operates like a wind. I remember my son. He was a midweek service in church some years ago. You and I was just moving around. And I remember getting to him laying hands. The way he fell was very powerful. So when we got home, I said, son, what happened to you when I laid hands on you? I saw that that fall was a big fall. He said, I, said, he said, I, didn't, know, I, I didn't know that. I just felt a wind. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. I just heard a wind hit me. And I've heard many people talk about, you know, the wind like that. Glory be to God. The Holy Spirit operates in so many ways. But that is one of the ways that he operates. The eagle mounts up with wings as eagles and powerful warm wind currents carry the eagle. The airplanes have powerful turbo engines with which they fly. But trust me, they don't just fly on the power of their engines. They hit what is called in the air jet streams. 
Those are places where the wind is blowing strong, where there are powerful wind currents. It's been known over the, the reason why the Wright brothers decided to invent the airplane was the ability of birds to fly. They just said if birds can fly, all we need to do is to design a machine, design a vehicle that will obey by its structure the same laws by which the birds fly and they will be able to fly. Simple. As far as they were concerned, it was very simple in their minds. The whole world told them impossible, impossible, impossible. But today, jumbo jets, massive aircraft, and we fly on such aircraft on intercontinental flights many times. Like this Boeing 747. 400 passengers inside it at a time. With an upper loft and a lower decker. And you will see this thing just go just gain speed. And before you know what happens by the law of lift. Come it takes off. I've lost count longest time. Of how many times I've been inside them. And you will see that massive thing rocketing. Rocketing in the air. And it keeps ascending. And ascending, probably to an altitude of 40,000 feet above sea level. And then it stays there, and it's flying. I remember one day I was about leaving Chicago, and after we settled in the plane, they kept us down there after one summer, summer blast like that. And they said, sorry, that we cannot take up yet because of weather conditions in London, and blah, blah, blah. That was how we sat down. And while inside this aircraft, after about 90 minutes, they said, yes, we're about to be on the way, blah, blah, blah. We said, we're sorry, we apologize. We apologize, we're leaving late, but somehow with the wind currents, we're going to make it up. We're going to make up the time. The pilot assured us that we're going to make it up. That we're going to be helped by some tailwinds today. You know. And truly, the wind helped us. I was very, very conscious of the day. I was looking at the thing. I saw that speedometer rise up because you see the speed of the aircraft. And you saw that in almost at 900 kilometers per hour. Speeding. I could even feel it inside the plane. I said, thank you, Father. We'll make it there on time. You are Lord of the winds and the waves. You will deliver this thing safely at Heathrow Airport tomorrow morning. Glory be to God. Speeding. Because it was helped by the wind. If only the spirit will help you. I said if only the spirit will help you on your journey. Your results will be supernatural. I said your results will be supernatural. They will not be natural whatsoever. We need the wind of the Holy Spirit. And the key to it is the same key by which the eagle is able to fly so high. Sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. Sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. Yes, the eagle is a very strong wind. But the power of the eagle does not just reside in its natural ability, as strong as it is, but in its sensitivity to the wind. Its cooperation with the wind, the natural wind of God, like the Holy Spirit is the supernatural wind of God. When my son was born, I named him Arnold. When he was growing up, I called him one day, I said, I'm sure you know by now that your name is strength of an eagle. He said, yes. I said, it's eagle power. I said, so never in your life think it's all about natural power. That the key to your success is to be like the eagle. The eagle is sensitive to the wind. Learn to develop sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in your life. And you will know supernatural success. There are several benefits we get as a result of sensitivity to the wind. Let me just give you a few of them and then, and then we move on to how to develop sensitivity tonight. Number one, prosperity. Why? Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. The moment I'm noticing that I'm uh, that my natural circumstances look like broke, I start asking questions. Because I cannot be in the center of the will of God doing the perfect will of God and be broke at the same time. They just don't go together. God is too responsible to leave you broke. God is too responsible not to meet your needs and to take care of you. So when you begin to notice the drying up of resources, most likely you've missed the direction somewhere. Because he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. When you are following divine direction, God will take you to green pastures. He will take you to still waters. Once it's getting difficult and uncomfortable, I know that there's a need for an alignment somewhere. You know, car alignments, I mean, men, at least you know it, praise God. The women do usually don't know much and it's not their fault. We just help them fix their cars, period. I was driving one of my daughter's car the other day and I saw that car all by itself was just going towards the left. I said, ah, I'm just this guy does not know that this thing is out of alignment. When it's out of alignment, the car begins to move probably to the left or to the right by itself. When the car is properly aligned, if the steering wheel is at neutral position, it ought to be driving on a straight line. That is perfect alignment. When you begin to notice a drying up of resources, then there's a need for some realignment. So your prosperity is the first thing you enjoy when you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because when you are spiritually sensitive, you get divine direction right. You move according to the leading of the Holy Ghost. When the children of Israel complained against the Lord, in the book of Exodus chapter 16, that they were hungry in the wilderness, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them saying, at twilight you shall eat meat. And in the morning you shall be filled with bread. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it was that quails came up at evening and covered the camp. And in the morning the dew lay all around the camp. The dew of manna. Now hear me friends. How many quails? It was David Youngito that said the Lord asked him that question many years ago. Son, how many quails can you catch in the desert? He said, Lord, I can't Catch quails in the desert. Quails don't live in the desert. In the desert, there is no food for them. Quails are birds. And there are no, there's no food for them. No vegetation for them in the desert. He said, but when I cause my wind to blow, how many quails do the children of Israel catch? He said, more than enough. Just the wind of the spirit. Blowing resources in your, into your direction. And you will have more than enough. I said, you will have more than enough. May you connect rightly with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, miracles happen. Whenever you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, what happens is miracles because the Holy Ghost is working with you. I love Mark 16, 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. The Lord working with them. The Lord working with them. They you don't walk alone. He says, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following the word following there in the Greek actually means accompanying. Not following as coming from the back. Accompanying. In other words, wherever they went, signs went. Wherever they went, miracles went with them. Once the Lord is working with you, miracles will be with you wherever you go. Your results will be supernatural. I don't care whether you are selling granite or you are running a massive fa factory. Whatever you may be doing, your results will be supernatural when the Lord is working with you. 
When the Holy Ghost is with you, there will be miracles. In May 1991, I came to preach at Assemblies of God, Ikate Suruleri, here in Lagos, from Ibadan. And uh, I stayed in the home of a senior friend, a pastor Femi Atoyebi, who lived at Akoka at the time. And I saw Benny Hinn videos. I had seen just one video in Ilone Kwana State three years before. That was my only opportunity of watching him, and I was amazed at the miracles. Now I saw several, several videos. <laughs> you can trust me. From morning till night, that was what I was watching. His old VHR, oh, is it VHR they call it? Video, VHS video recorder was always very hot. I was afraid that thing was going to burn up that, that week. I only had a few days, and I was going to watch as many as I could watch. I watched over and over and over again. Then I spoke to the Lord. Lord, this is not fair. This is not fair. You called Benny, you called me. How can you have miracles in this ministry? And I don't have miracles in my ministry. Lord, you have to do something about it. I know we see a few people healed here and there. But Lord, see miracles. See him wave hand like this. and brrr. See power in display. I love power. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I've always loved power. There was a legend in our family about our ancestor moving to our current village and carrying a mami water in the calabash, the baby of a mami water in the calabash from the previous ancestral home to the current one. And they said that there was a small body of water where he dropped that particular mami water. And they said, no matter how terrible the drought, water, will, the place will never dry up. But when the family converted to Christian religion, and they stopped practicing, you know, many, you know, doing the sacrifices. The water dried up. The only thing is that that place is always wet around a bamboo tree. One day I went there all alone. I was trying to find out if that thing is still there. I was a teenage boy. I said, "Conjuring this, so come up here to me, give me power. I want a supernatural power." <laughs> Thank God that thing did not appear to me that day. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just wanted something out of the extraordinary. As a child, I, I was growing up in the village and magicians would come and they would do a manner of tricks. I would always go and watch them with fascination. I just wanted to do something beyond this ordinary living like a human being. I've always loved the supernatural. Glory to God. I said glory to God. When I saw the power of God in display, I said, Father, this is not fair. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, Victor, many times I come into your services wanting to heal my people, wanting to bless my people, wanting to deliver my people. But because you are totally hung on your own program, I am not able. So the key to Benny's ministry is sensitivity to my spirit. I said, Lord, how can I be sensitive to your spirit? Then he began to teach me what I'm sharing with you tonight. Hallelujah. And that sensitivity began that very week. Thursday, I went to minister as Assemblies of God. No more service. Friday, I ministered. That's why I like long meetings. Amen. When we are not in a hurry, I preached, we worshipped, I preached, we worshipped. As we are worshipping like this, the Holy Ghost began to give me words of knowledge. I began to call them out. And people came out to testify that they were healed. <laughs> Actually, after I gave about five words, I stopped because I'd never done it before. I hope you are not just acting what you saw Benny Hinn do and the thing is not for real. I stopped. Let people check your bodies. If you are here, come out. And people came out and they confirmed all those words. <laughs> let us worship God the more. Let's, let us worship God the more. We worship. More words came. I was able to go beyond five this time around. 
And then next time, many people came out. They confirmed those words of knowledge. I said, I, you see, after time, let us worship God the more, church. We worship again among miracles. And that changed the ministry of Rima Chapel Ibadan forever. That move of the supernatural that came into the church exploded that church and made it grow more rapidly. It had already been growing fast by the standards. But it now grew more rapidly. I remember attendance jumping up by 200 within one single month. Just jumping up. One single month. By the following month, it then leapt forward again another 200. And within two months, it leapt from 600 uh, to, to 1,000. Remember when Global Harvest about started to one month like that? Jumped from 800 to 1,200 in a single month. Just because of miracles. Wherever there's sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, you will see miracles. And not just physical miracles. In your business, you will see miracles. Miracles of open doors. Miracles of finances. I remember teaching our church members this in Roma Chapel in those days. And I remember you know, the chairman of our building committee then. He's one of the trustees of this start today. The man was just praying in the morning. Because I taught them some of the things I'm going to teach you today. When the Lord showed him a particular federal government project that was not yet designed or decided upon by the federal government. But not long after that, a decision was made. And he got the project. In the days when money was money, this man pledged to give a million to the Lord. I'm talking about giving a million in 1992. Not today. Not today's one million. There's a difference between the two. What of difference between the two. And he dropped, he vowed that million to the Lord and he gave it to the Lord for the building project at the time. Why? Because he got a contract supernaturally. Somebody say supernaturally. Provision will come. Miracles will come. Protection will come. If not for divine protection. Jesus would have been killed as a baby. If he could not be killed, God would not say, take the baby, Joseph, run away to Egypt. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. But divine direction brought protection to the baby Jesus. And trust me, you will always be protected. If you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, may you and I not disobey God. The date is very crucial for us to obey him. In the name of Jesus. I remember one play crash that happened some years ago in Nigeria. One guy, he used to be my elder brother's personal assistant before. He was in Abuja on, 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 on ministry that weekend. And he was trying to return to Lagos. So he said when he got there to buy a ticket, on the, I think it was an Arctic Air ticket, they said there was no economic class seat anymore. That it's only a business class seat. And it was going to cost him double the amount. So he left the place and went to the Dana line in order to buy the ticket. Then the Holy Spirit told him, Will you, because of 20,000 naira, which was the extra amount of money with which you will buy business class at that time, will you, because of 20,000 naira, risk your life? He said, he had that voice clearly. He was like, what? He said, he moved on. He said, but he didn't understand it very well. He just went and bought the business class tickets. wasn't long after he landed in Lagos that he heard the other plane had crashed before it landed in Lagos. Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. There are times when people question God. They are wondering, ah! How can God allow that to happen to a man of God? And so on and so forth. You sure didn't know the warnings. The warning signals that were neglected. If you and I will be honest with ourselves, there have been times when we missed God like that or disobeyed God. You say something like, uh, and something told me oh, that I shouldn't go there. Or something told me not to choose that. If it has ever happened to you before, let me see your hand up high. You, just, you are not very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Period. That was what happened to us in such times. May we not be so insensitive in the days that it matters to our safety. Let me hear somebody say, really, man. 
Restrain yourself before you start questioning God next time. Our God loves us too much not to give us warnings when we need warnings. Direct us away from danger and direct us to safety. Even the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself. There was a time that they led him to the edge of a cliff in Luke chapter 4. Just when they wanted to push him over like this, the Bible says he turned himself about in the crowd. And he, and he passed through of them, through the midst of them, departed, uh, you know, from the coast. So, in other words, they wanted to push Jesus. They were carrying him. They said, we're going to kill you today. They were carrying him to the edge of a cliff and he allowed them. And when they finally got to the edge of the cliff like this, just to give him one more push and then he will die, he turned around and said, excuse me. And they were excusing him. And he passed through the midst of them. What a miracle. But for you to know, he didn't do it every day. When he had done the Baptist was killed. He left the area. He left the area. There were times when the Pharisees sought him to kill him. And Jesus departed from there. And he escaped. And they were, they were doing hide and seek for one another for weeks. Before he finally allowed himself to be arrested. So, just be smart. Amen. Don't just hear the testimony of one man of God. That's what my arm robbers stopped us on the way. I got down from my car and I slapped them. Bam! Like that. <laughs> if, if, if you, you will hear the testimony of the day, he slapped them. You didn't hear the testimony of the day, he was hiding in the roof when they came. So, you better learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Protection comes when we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Victory comes when we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. God was the one who gave Israel victory in the time of Joshua. Telling them in Joshua chapter 6 verse 3 to march around the walls of Jericho. When they went to Ai, the instruction was different. In Ai, God taught them to lay ambush. Now, armies around the world are laying ambush. God was the first person who came up with that warfare strategy. They did not take every city the same way. Are you listening to me? Pastors, as you go from city to city, the key can differ from place to place. When Rima Chapel started in Nevada, I asked the Lord. I had studied church planting. Reverend George made me in the Bible school in the Lord, the teacher for church planting before I planted one church. And, you know, so I was teaching church planting principles from a book he gave me then. And so when I got to Ibadan, I wanted to apply those church planting principles. They said we should carry out survey. When I carried out my survey, the survey turned out a very bad report. What the survey told me was that I were planting the church in the wrong place. Only only said an industrial complex. That was where we were putting it. Then the houses that were there were not only few. It was not a densely populated area at the time. And to, 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 to now add the insult upon injury, um, the, there was hostility in the air. Because there were armed robbers in the area. Every house had beware of dogs. I saw one house, beware of snakes. I saw one house, beware of wild animals. <laughs> you saw them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Beware of wild animals. So I said to myself, if I start carrying out personal evangelism here, there will be hostility. I went back, pacing back and forth. Holy Ghost, what shall we do here? The Lord said so mightily agree with the word and prevailed according to Acts 19.20. And that is the keynote verse for Rima Chapel. He said, follow the vision of your father. He preach and teach the integrity of the word of God. As you preach and teach, he said, the people will come. And that was what I did. I just decided to focus on the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. And the people began to gather. And they began to gather. The only signboard we had at that time 
Apparently, we needed to pay some money at local government. I didn't know. The local government removed the sign board and carried it away. Rather than go and beg them, I didn't even care. I said, that's their cup of tea. By supernatural advert, the church was growing. When Global Harvest started, and at the time, the growth was not like that of Rima. I said, Lord, how, wh- why is it so? The Lord said, at the time Rima Chapel started, it was a moment of special opportunity. There were no churches like Rima Chapel in the area of the city. Now you have a lot of them everywhere. For your church to grow, give it visibility. Publicize. So it became a different matter. I was going to have it grow just like the Rima one, but the Lord said, yes, there's supernatural advert now, but also publicize in, 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 in addition. When Rima came to town, it was strange to see people falling under the anointing in town. It was not, it was a new, it was novel. In fact, they used to call us, the, the church of falling down anyhow. And people, a lot of people came to church out of curiosity. They say people fall down. That that young man, when he touches people like this, bam, they go on the floor. In fact, some people several times they testified. They said, when I saw people falling down, I decided to go and test it. I went out. One guy said one day, he said, there's a way they taught us to stand in martial arts. That when you're standing like that, nobody can push you easily to push you down. He said, when I went out for a lane on the road, when I stood like that, he said, I, I didn't even know how I went down. All I knew was that I was standing up from the ground. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit said, people are falling down all over the city now. The supernatural has been introduced to the city. Praise God. We are one of the churches God used to introduce it on that dimension to the city. But at that time, we had several churches in town. Our spiritual sons were starting churches. And there were other people in the city doing it. So the Lord said at the time, publicize. Let there be visibility. And then when we are coming to Lagos, we are going to plan with the strategies we used to take Ibadan. We will do the same thing. My plan was posters, banners, uh, billboards to take the city. That was where Fasola changed all the law. No more posters. No banners. He now said that the billboards, that except the giant ones, they were so expensive, we couldn't afford them at the time. So, we came for three months. I moved from Ibadan, left a massive church to a much tiny, a tiny church. I tell you, the devil told me that. You are a fool. <laughs> you, le- you left all those people in the matter. Look at you in this tiny church here. You are a fool. Look, 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 look back. Look back. Look at the people. Yeah, now. Uh, all those terrible things were coming into my ears. Three months. Everything was at a standstill. Then I began to tell, talk, talk to the Lord. And then the Lord began to speak to me. Give me a different direction. Remember your poverty days? I said, yes. There's this community not far from our church with a massive population there. The Lord said, in those days, if somebody had walked in, just with just some packets of noodles in their hands in your real poverty days. When I'm talking about poverty days, I'm talking about my family going through a time where we didn't know the next where the next meal was coming from. Where it was lunchtime, we didn't know where the next meal was coming from. I never forget the Sunday afternoon where as we sat down after church, no meal from anywhere. My mom just got this wonderful idea to go and get a loaf of bread on credit from the bread seller. She never had to borrow anything from anybody for us to eat in years before. But now she had to go. And when she borrowed it and brought it home, we all jumped for joy. Come on, God is a good God. One big loaf of bread sliced into six. Daddy took one. Mommy took one. Reverend Sam took the third one. Reverend Victor took the fourth one. We're not reverends then. Praise God. Younger ones too took their own. That was, and we drank water and rejoiced before the Lord. That was lunch. So in a time like that, if somebody just came with a pack of Indomie noodles to give us, we will bless him. We nearly curse him. 
in blessing. And the Lord spoke to me and said, in that community there are poor people like that. Go and love on them. Just go and love on them. And I told our workers, only 50 of them at a time, don't preach. We're just loving them. And Valentine's Day, 1999, February 14, we went to just love on them. We had branded bags. We love you, Global Harvest Church. And we took bags of noodles. One lady told the church member, I said, you have no idea what you've just done. I left my children at home with nothing for them to eat today. To come to sit at my stall. Just to get something to sell. Then I can buy a little food and go and cook for them. Instantly, she stood up there close a little stall. And took those noodles home to go and cook for the baby. We heard several stories that made us cry that day. Of abject poverty. We didn't know there was so much poverty. But the Holy Spirit said there was so much. And that was how we reached out to them. Just loving on them. The following Sunday, a hundred of them came to church. We were only 200. So attendance searched by 50%. One single Sunday, 25 of them gave their lives to Christ. Within a month, 100 of them had given their lives to Christ. What are you talking about? Hallelujah. There's always a key. There's always a secret. Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and supernatural results will come. I see God blessing your life beyond the measure. Beyond your own expectations. As you just follow the Holy Ghost. One time I remember telling the Holy Spirit. I said, the Holy Spirit, I said, I said, Lord, my finances, just a few years ago, I said, this, this ought to be better than this. And the Holy Spirit said, repair the breaches. There have been broken relationships. He said, Luke 6.38 says, give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shake it together, running over, shall. Oh, I taught angels. What does your Bible say? Who's going to give it to your bosom? Not angels. Not angels. So men will give it to your bosom. Okay, but when you keep when you keep getting annoyed and provoked and you get even with people, you break the relationships all around you. What's happening to you? The very vehicles by which the, the, the supply will come to your bosom have been cut off. So the Holy Spirit is hindered in his desire to bless you. So the Holy Spirit said, repair. There are some breaches to repair. Hallelujah. So I made conscious effort and repaired the breaches. One of the breaches I repaired just today blessed my family with two million naira. One of the breaches that I repaired, just one of them, just, 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 just a few breaches, just took care of them around like that. What was what the Holy Spirit said to me? Learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and stop living your life in penury, in hunger, and then it now looks as if God is not good and that the word of God does not work. God is too gracious, too loving, too kind, too good. For him not to take care of us. He has all the power in the world. To take care of us. He cannot send you on assignment in your ministry. And then leave you to yourself. Did you send yourself? Pastor E. Adeboye said. After he became the Jew of redeemed. That one day. He just looked at himself. White hair all over his head. 40 year old young man. And the Lord said to him. What is the name of the church? He said redeemed Christian church of God. He said what did you call it? He said, is it redeemed Christian church of Adeboye? He said, no. Redeemed Christian church of who? God he said, allow me. Let me pastor my church. Stop the sleepless nights. Instead of sleepless nights, develop sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you cry from now to kingdom come, it won't change anything. No. Some of us think by our tears, we shall attract his favor. We think that, we are like, that God is like human beings that we can manipulate with emotion. <laughs> All that, all that does not change anything. The atmosphere of, the, of faith is the atmosphere that receives the supply of grace. It's the atmosphere of faith, not of self-pity. Not of, don't think I'm callous. Don't look at me and say, this man of God is callous. Listen, 
I know what suffering is and I know what poverty is. I, I have lived with poverty in my house before. Lived poverty itself. Used to be chairman <laughs> in our house. And I have the heart of compassion for need. But many times, I believe that children of God live far below the potential of blessing that is ours. And it's because we are not sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to receive his direction. Praise God. Supernatural success will be yours. In the name of Jesus. In Acts 16, 6 to 10, you see the Apostle Paul said, now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, I mean, this was Luke reporting about Paul and his company, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Does the Bible not say, preach the word? Sure, it says so. Has God not called you to go to the nations? Yes, he has said so. But you still did your day by day divine direction. Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Picking up direction on a daily basis. You need it. The fact that he has commissioned you does not mean you should not now get your daily direction from him. Forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Is preaching in Asia not a good thing? Yes, it is. But they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit from doing it. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. If you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, he will take you to the places where you will succeed. He knows where the ripened harvests are. He knows where the best customers are for your business. He knows where the best potential partners are. He knows where he has positioned your helpers of destiny. Don't because he used you, he used the brook called Cherit last year. Now sit by that brook. Brooks do dry up. Oh. Brooks do dry up. And if you stay there and say, as it was in the beginning, so is it now? So shall it be one without end? The brook. The brook. The, you can die by the brook. Oh. <laughs> you can die by the brook. You heard Dr. K say, he followed the direction of the Holy Spirit when it did not make sense to leave for the United States of America. Over the years, there have been times when people have felt he should return to Nigeria. Especially in the times, I remember when, when the work in Chicago started and started slowly before it now started gaining momentum. Some people just felt naturally he should return. If I remembered one very major man of God telling him one time to consider returning to Nigeria. When he told me like this, um, as it was, no, 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 in the spirit. So was it in my own spirit. Our spirits could not agree with that direction. No! Because the direction of God was the United States of America. And he left and went there and the church was growing there. When the Holy Spirit led us out of Ibadan, led us to Lagos, the church in Ibadan picked up and began to grow. After they stabilized, the church we left in Ibadan began to grow. Praise God. We are yet to catch up with them in numbers. They are doing very well. The building we built before, they pulled it down. They built a bigger building that can sit three times more people there. 3,000 seat auditorium is sitting on the property right now. That was built not when we were there, but after we left. And we didn't use Lagos money to build it. To the glory of God. I remember Reverend George telling me recently how that the church in Ilani just started exploding recently with crowd. Just people just surging into the church. Then the pastor said, Ilani said, Ah, Baba, we did not grow like this. Won't you reduce your travel and start sitting down here? Said, I asked them, Was it my sitting down that made it to start exploding? Was it my sitting down? No. I'm not going to sit down. God called me to the nations. And he decided to continue to obey God in the nations of the world. I remember a friend of mine. He calculates too much. And I always said it in those days that the greatest problem is had in ministry is too much calculation. Too much calculation. It is true that God wants us to use our brain. 
but he does not want us to lose our sense of dependence on him and getting direction from him. But just two plus two equals four. If we do this and do that, then the money will come and then you use it that way. Too much head calculation. Too much. Thank God for the head. The head has its place. After the spirit has picked direction from the Holy Ghost, then the head can work out some details. Praise God. Little details. Not even the major ones. The major ones were still saying, Holy Ghost, what direction should we go? Holy Ghost, what should we do about it? Glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. Let me share quickly sensitivity secrets with you. Secrets of sensitivity with the Holy Spirit. Lord, so what do I do? What do I do? How can I develop sensitivity for the Holy Ghost? The Lord spoke to me and said, it is communion with the Holy Spirit. But I break that down into two points. Number one, consciousness of the Holy Spirit. He is invisible. And at times we are not just conscious of him. That's the greatest problem we have. If the governor of this state is standing here now, you'll be conscious of him. As I am here now, what some people are conscious of is the Dradayemi period. Other people are conscious. There is an anointing on him with which he is teaching tonight. Other people are conscious. The Holy Spirit is in this atmosphere. Some people are conscious. Some miracles are going to happen here tonight and I want to be a part of it. Some others are just conscious of time. That's all they are conscious of here tonight. We are conscious of various things. But we have to learn to be conscious of the person. Of the Holy Spirit. He is a person. Third person of the Trinity. It is just that he is an invisible person. But he is more real than the person sitting to you right next to you there. We must learn to live in a constant, continuous consciousness. When I started in 1991 to, to, to be conscious of the Holy Spirit and to commune with him, I, I, I felt stupid at times. Uh, uh, talking to him, I mean, you're almost like you feel like you are soliloquizing or something. Uh, almost like you are talking to yourself and you're a fool. That's how you feel. But it's just a matter of time. And it becomes habitual and becomes a part of your life. Talking to him all the time about almost everything. Just fellowshipping with him throughout the day. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Initially, all you do is you're talking to him. You don't know how to hear him. But you start out and it's a matter of time. You will come to know his fellowship. But be conscious. Exodus 23, 20. God said, Behold, I send an angel before thee, which I believe according to Isaiah 63 is the Holy Spirit. He said, Beware of him. Be aware of him recognize the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. He is always there. When Ananias and Sapphira lied into Peter in the early church, Peter did not say, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to me or lie to the apostles? He said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is the invisible pastor of the church. This is where some people miss it. Then they talk about the man of God anyhow. Then they rebel against the man of God anyhow. All they are conscious of is the man of God. They don't realize that we are only physical representations of the invisible senior pastor. The real pastor is invisible. He's the Holy Spirit. So when you open your mouth and you tell and you want to tell the next lie to your man of God, restrain yourself and recognize him. He is in church. If a pastor recognizes him, he will see miracles in his church. Just recognize it. Get into the service and say, Holy Spirit, what will you have us do today? And there are times when you say, just teach the word. Come and teach and go. No, don't try to, because last Sunday it happened this way. Try to make it happen again this Sunday. It doesn't work like that. Too. Don't try to make it mechanical. 
No, always ask for his leading. If he's asking you to teach, teaching is supernatural, it may not be spectacular. You will get the greatest results like that. Can I hear somebody say amen? If he asks you to minister to the people, don't because of people's expectations, force yourself to preach. Every time I've done that, in the early years of ministry, I will just notice it's so dry. The anointing lifts. The anointing is not on the teaching because the Holy Spirit just wanted to heal. Hallelujah. So recognize him. Secondly, commune with him regularly. Talk to him. Talk to the Holy Spirit. You can't see him, but talk to him. He's a friend that's taken closer than the brother. He spoke to me many years ago. He said, I'm closer to you than your wife. My wife is on the outside of me. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of me. He wants to have a more intimate relationship with you than you have with your spouse. Just be conscious he's there. And yet he's a person. So talk to him. Say what? Honor him. What else? Tell him about your problems. What else? Uh, just converse with him like you converse with your body. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is just an exact thing there. <laughs> Look at this program. Praise God. It's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just, just thank him for his help throughout the day. Fellowship with him. Fellow he wants to be a part of your everyday. You want to pray, you find yourself, you're oh, the Holy Spirit, it's not easy to pray today. But I know you can help me to pray this morning. And he will help you according to Romans 8 26. He will take hold together with you against your infirmities. And you'll be able to pray. The Holy Spirit, Bible reading looks so dry today. Help me. Help me to enjoy the word. Speak to me from the pages of the word today. Talk to him all the time. Fellowship with him. You get used to it with time. And by the time you get to know the ways he speaks, you will really, really enjoy him. Number three, speak in tongues regularly. Tongues regularly. You cannot be speaking in tongues and not be conscious of the Holy Spirit. When you are speaking in tongues, you will be spiritually conscious. When you are not speaking in tongues, you may not be as conscious of the spirit as you are when you are speaking in other tongues. It's the language of the spirit. It's the Holy Ghost inspiring your spirit man to speak through your vocal cords. At such times, you are conscious of the spirit. First Corinthians 14, 14. If I pray, in the, if I pray with my spirit, it says, it says my spirit prayer, but my mind is unfruitful. But it's my spirit praying. Glory be to God. So that helps me to be spiritually conscious. And conscious of the Holy Ghost. Let me move on quickly. Number four. Meditate in the word daily. Meditate in the word daily. When people say they don't know the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's because they don't spend time in the word. He is the author of the Bible. Can I have the keyboard? It's on the keyboard place. He is the author of the Bible. So you cannot be reading his words. And not be interacting with him. Meditation in the word of God. Is on the same level with prayer. It's a form of prayer in itself. If prayer is just communion with God, in a broad sense, meditation in God's word is communion with God. You're asking, Lord, speak to me through your holy word. And as you begin to meditate on scriptures, you are interacting with the Holy Spirit. You are interacting. You know, whatever words you listen to, Jesus said in John 6, 63, it is a spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Glory to God. I want to give the next 60 seconds to people who are in hurry to go home to go home. Praise God. Too much movement for my liking. Amen. When I'm speaking in this direction, I'm very conscious of the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit. Who is intending to really bless people tremendously. Hallelujah. And you see, if the president of Nigeria is standing here, people will not move around anyhow. Praise God. So if you're in a hurry, I give you 60 seconds. God bless you. You can just go. Amen. I have a few minutes to round up this message. And then we are going to flow in the spirit of God.
And I have somebody say, Amen. But if you have to go, we understand you have to. There may be different reasons why you have to. So I give you 60 seconds. After 60 seconds, you are grounded. Praise God. I feel very much at home in King's words. I can see you stand up like this. And I said, that brother going, stop. Praise God. I have all the liberty to do that here. Amen. So if you don't want me to exercise it on you, I give you 60 seconds of freedom now. Glory to God. So as you meditate in God's word, you are interacting with the Holy Spirit. You see, when you roll somebody's words in your mind, you are interacting with that person's spirit. Words flow out of people's spirits a great deal. Not just out of the man. And not just out of the mind alone. When you listen to a person a great deal over and over again, they affect you. Sitting down under the ministry of Reverend George every year, listening to him every week, listening to him for five straight years, just did something to me. The spirit of George Adebohe entered and died into me. And I remember when we were out of fellowship for a few years, one time like that, I was talking to my wife and said, even your gesticulations, your mind, that is everything. I, I'm just singing Baba right now. I said, the spirit of Adebohe, come out of me, come out of me. Jesus said, come out of me. But unfortunately, I'm possessed for life possessed for life. It can never come out. Hallelujah. I'd listen and listen and listen. And now I'm grateful. Very grateful for that heritage. Glory to God. That anointing is on me. And on me for life, I've been affected because of listening. When you listen to the word of God, over and over again, that's how it affects you. When you meditate on scriptures, that's how it affects you. Oh yes, when we listen to men of God, the anointing will rub on us. How about in addition to that, just going to the word. Going to the ultimate source himself. And listening regularly. Uh, glory to God. I said listen regularly. I said listen regularly. And there's such an impartation of the anointing on you on a daily basis. Because the word is anointed in and of itself. The word of God is quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. The six seconds is over. So that man in a, in a Yellow and black. As you are sitting down, you are sitting down. You cannot stand up anymore, sir. Except you leave now. So leave quickly. And don't call anybody. I tell you, calling somebody, please just leave now, sir. And you are no longer allowed. Amen. From this moment forward, no more movements around. Everybody sits down. If you move, I will move on you. So just go home. I will not see you in the aisle again, no. As you are smiling there, I'm not smiling with you. Praise God. Amen. The word of God is quick and powerful. Shepherd and any two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and is and of the bone and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. When you interact closely with the Holy Spirit, you become a sensitive person spiritually. You become sensitive to Him because He is sensitive. He is sensitive. Like a woman is sensitive to her husband. There's nothing a woman hates most as much as talking to her husband and the husband is not listening. One of my wife's enemies is my telephone. Praise God. When I go, when she talks, she just says, oh, okay, looks like you don't have time for me. I'm sorry, I'm, I was just trying to talk quickly. Oh, I'll put it down. <laughs> Praise God. Give me attention. That's what she's asking. The Holy Spirit wants your attention. Look at the neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit wants your attention. Inquiries. Somebody say inquiries. Number five, learning to make inquiries. Ask questions from time to time. I've given you a couple of testimonies today. Just noticing the finances are not the Holy Spirit. What do I do? And he said, repair the bridges. He said, it is through men that I bring the harvest into your bosom. He said, so repair the relationships. Hallelujah. Are you hearing that? 
At other times, he has said different things. One time like that, I looked at a year ahead of me and I saw that my family was going to live twice the income that we had that year. I said, Lord, there's no way in my head I can phantom how we can double our income for next year. And the Lord said, double your giving. Double your giving. Interestingly, just one year before, he had told me to double my giving. And I had doubled it, what I give in every service. He now said again, double your giving again. I said, Lord, that's not possible. He said, I will cause the supply to come. I will cause the supply to come. And my executive assistant is here. He knows how many times that the miracle I got was a miracle of seed to sow. Because in obedience to God, I sit down in the service and I write the check of that amount of money and I drop it and the money is not in the bank account. By Monday morning, it is there. When the alert comes, I'm like, who put it there? How did it get there? God supplying the seed. But he did not only supply the seed, he supplied the harvest. By the end of that year, the income of the family had doubled. Now, I cannot now the following year again say, okay, I'm doubling it again this year. Uh -uh. That's in the flesh. That was what he told me to do 365 days ago. Are you listening to me, somebody? Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Getting the right direction by time and in every situation just simply makes all the difference in the world. For Samuel 30, verse 8, so David inquired of the Lord. This was the life of David. Always inquiring of the Lord. Look, he went out on one battle. Before he came back, some other enemies had come, carried his wife and his children. The Philistines had come, carried his wife and children away. He was now asking the Lord, what should you do normally if somebody carries your wife and your children away? Won't you go and rescue them? Mm -mm, not David. Even though naturally he ought to go out and rescue them. The Bible says, David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I? I know somebody will be saying, eh, what else will he do? You will leave your wife and your children there. He wasn't going to leave them there, but he needed to know when. He needed to know how to do the pursuit. Let us not just live our lives presumptuously. Always ask questions. Make inquiries all the time. Come into a service pastor. Even before the service when you are praying, Lord, what kind of service are we going to have today? If God gives, tells you, do a regular miracle service, how do you want to move today? There was a time the Holy Spirit spoke to me in Rima Chapel to hold a monthly miracle service. And I had to ask before each service, Lord, how? Because there were services just, just as lay hands. There are services where he just said, just minister through handkerchiefs. There are services where he just said, anoint the people with oil. There are services where he just said, just let there be worship and miracles. There are services where he just said, preach and teach and lead the people through confessions. You just need to flow with the Spirit of God. Make inquiries all the time. Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, recover. If you are developing sensitivity number six, you will develop it through your obedience. Quench not the spirit, says 1 Thessalonians 5.18. 19, sorry. Don't put out the fire of the Holy Ghost. When the spirit is moving, don't put out his fire. When the Lord is leading you, learn to yield. Learn to obey. When you obey like that, your fellowship with the Holy Spirit deepens. The people who obey the Lord the most are the ones the Lord speaks to the most. I remember one time the Lord used to wake me up in the middle of the night to pray, to intercede. And he used to wake me up frequently. After some time, he would wake me up and say, Lord, I pray in the morning. I disobeyed a few times and the Holy Spirit stopped doing it. And he said, I can't trust you. I can't trust you with intercession. I had to start begging the Holy Spirit, please start doing it again. I've lost the privilege 
of interceding. I will intercede at night like that. The Lord will show me wonderful things before they happen. Now I had lost the privilege. I had to start begging him to bring it back. I had to start seeking it with all my heart again. The Lord must be able to trust you. That's where I thank God for Dr. K. Dr. K, just trust the Holy Spirit. Once he has the direction, that's it. Even occasionally he's helped me in services to yield to the Holy Spirit. I remember being in a Christmas carol once. Christmas carol. And while the choir was singing here in Lagos, they were just singing Christmas carol. Dr. K walks in. Now, before he walked in, I started sensing the healing anointing. Healing anointing. Carol service. In all my life, from childhood till I grew up, I never saw healing in Caro. Caro is not for healing. Caro is for singing, enjoying ourselves. Caro is not even in the Bible. So, we just started doing it because people do it and it is lovely at Christmas. It's a song service. It's a service of songs. And candles. Jingle bell, jingle bell. And all of that. But here is healing anointing. I could sense that anointing. Dr. K walked in, and within 60 seconds, he said, Have you prayed for the sick, sir? Ha! Huh? I, mean, I just slapped his back, daddy, like, Pray for the sick in Karo. And then the Holy Spirit said, That is a confirmation for the direction I've been given to you to pray for the sick. When we prayed for the sick that night, one of the testimonies that came out of that service was an usher who had a terrible problem with her knee for five years. She said, Reverend, when I get to my office, there is, there is an overhead bridge I have to climb to my office. I stand there for one hour just crying at times because I'm lamenting because I know by the time I get to the other side I'm in trouble for climbing that overhead bridge. He said that night I was trying to catch those falling under the anointing usher when suddenly I didn't know where I was. She just blanked out under the anointing. Bam! She was on the floor. By the time she stood up all the pain was gone. She said I've been climbing that overhead bridge or climbing it freely with absolutely no pain. He said everybody in my office know something has happened to me. So come on somebody say praise the Lord. What if we did not obey that night? Somebody would have gone home with their pains. Only God knows how many troubles people go home with, pastors, because of our disobedience and services. Only God knows how many blessings we miss as children of God because we are not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I remember being in a service in Chicago one day, one summer blast, Sunday service. As I started out, I prepared my sermon as I started preaching. So I just decided to encourage the people, ministers of the gospel, to learn, to, to emphasize the supernatural. I, I was just exhorting. As I was exhorting, ah, five minutes into the exhortation, I just noticed such a heavy anointing on exhortation. I just wanted to exhort the people before we start the sermon. Huh? So where I was, I was so I was now in, in a dilemma like, there's an anointing on this exhortation. Do you like continuing in this direction? Or, or ah, my sermon is still, the sermon is still in the sermon notes. Just then I just saw Dr. K writing on the paper. I knew exactly what he was writing. And then he sent it to me. He said, sir, just continue in that direction. That was what he sent to me. And thank God I continued. What an anointed service we had that Sunday. Just learning to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. May we not miss God anymore. May, may we not miss God another day of our lives in the name of Jesus. As you are yielding to the Holy Spirit, learn to say no to the flesh. The more you spend time in the flesh, the more you are dull of spiritual hearing. The more you allow anger, lust, bitterness, and those kind of things strive to get a hold of your mind. Self-pity, rejection, um, depression, and all of these negative emotions, sadness. 
air, resentment. For as long as you allow those things in your heart, you will be dull of spiritual hearing. Anxiety, worry, those things dull spiritual hearing. You know, that's not the way out of your predicament. That's not how the mountains will be made more hills. Don't be in the flesh. Learn to stay in the spirit. And you will be sensitive. Glory be to God. Finally, learn to worship. Learn to worship. Acts 13 verse 2. As they ministered unto the Lord. And fasted. The Holy Ghost said. <laughs> now separate unto me. Barnabas and Saul. Unto the work we are unto I have called them. When we worship in church. Gifts of the spirit come into manifestation. When you worship in your personal life. It's the same thing. The supernatural comes into manifestation. As you worship. Those who worship hear the voice of the Lord. The Holy Spirit speaks. When we worship. Because in worship. We are spirits. Which are already united with the spirit of God. Are enjoying sweet communion with him. And in the place of communion, he cannot help himself. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. He is excited and delighted. Whenever you are in worship, when people are excited and delighted, they talk, they move, they shake, they do something. Hallelujah. You see the Holy Spirit speaking. You see him showing you things out of, out of his joy and excitement. The Holy Spirit's ministry is activated in the place of worship. If you do these things regularly, you will enjoy the sensitivity that you require for you to flow with the Holy Spirit in your life. Hallelujah to Jesus. Rise to your feet tonight, somebody. I hope you've been blessed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go ahead. Just start speaking in tongues. Go ahead. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 Zero 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 six four zero.